Hello from the ABA Mid-Year Meeting 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Sharon Nelson, co-host of the Digital Detectives podcast and co-host of Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology podcast. And I'm John Simic, also a co-host of Digital Detectives on Legal Talk Network. And I'm Judy Perry Martinez, President-Elect of the American Bar Association. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on On the Road. It's a pleasure to be here in a city, Las Vegas, where everything you do stays in Vegas. Today, we're talking to Judy Perry Martinez. Judy, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, uh, where you work, what you do, etc.? Sure, Sharon. I'm born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. I've practiced there for 21 years with my firm, Simone Perrigine Smith and Redfern. And then I served in-house for 12 years in the aerospace and defense industry. And now I'm back at my firm uh, doing work uh, for the American Bar Association, public service, and pro bono. Thank you very much. Um, One of the things we'd like to talk about today with you is wellness, which is a big issue in in the ABA and across the country. Many states are studying the issue of lawyer wellness, including my own Virginia. So tell us what you've been up to with respect to that issue. Well, both Bob Carlson and I, Bob's the current president of the American Bar Association, when we're out and about and on the road, we're making sure that we're educating lawyers about how they as individuals can make sure that they are on a track for wellness, that they can look at their colleagues and make sure that their colleagues are in fact doing what they can each and every day to stay healthy and mindful and in good state um, so that they can be the most competent lawyers that they can for their clients. And what about some comments about the activities that are going on uh, concerning immigration? Well, Bob and I, as part of our first duties as newly elected officers of the American Bar Association in August, decided that if we were going to go out and be asking lawyers across the country to engage in pro bono in the immigration arena, that we really had to understand what that was all about. And as a consequence, we went down to the Texas border and spent a week doing asylum interviews at a detention center and learning what we could about what lawyers were being called up to do in order to assist with the immigration crisis. And what we decided and what we learned was that there was an awful lot of work to be done in addition to the extraordinary work that's done by the American Bar Association and Texas Access to Justice Commission's pro bar organization, which has about 70 lawyers down at the border working each and every day to help with the immigration crisis. We visited and observed immigration courts in process. We went and actually observed a federal court proceeding, Operation Streamline, where we had about 72 detainees that were brought before the court for processing through uh, criminal immigration proceedings. And because of that work, we more deeply understand exactly what the needs are and how the American Bar Association, but more importantly, lawyers across America can help indeed. Well, during the course of the last year, I think one of the issues that has gotten everybody kind of riled up and concerned is gun violence. And I know that that's a a particular interest of yours. Talk to us about that. Well, I live in a city and have lived in a city all my life where gun violence is a real challenge. And it affects not only individuals who are 
the ones at risk, but it affects entire communities because both victims and perpetrators are like, their families are impacted on a day-to-day -day basis when an event occurs. And I can tell you that what I've seen is that this is not an area where lawyers can just cast it aside and think that they're not involved or not gonna be impacted as well. And we've had incidents in our community in past years where lawyers or judges were in fact threatened or harmed because of gun violence and also have been there and witnessed things happening to their clients. Um, what we know is that we have to make sure that we're doing everything to be smart about guns in our country and we have to do so much more. And that takes all sorts of professionals coming together gathering with lawyers, thinking toughly about what we can do to make sure that we realize the mental health issues that are involved, that we realize what communities can do in order to lessen gun violence in our country, and most importantly, how our justice system can address gun violence in a way that's smart, in a way that also affords us a better life without violence in our communities. Well, I'm a co-chair for uh, one of the co-chairs for ABA Tech Show this year, and we're seeing a great interest in the in academia and law students and, and technology. And so we've decided the planning board this year has decided to actually double the the amount of sessions uh, dealing in the academic track. But can you give us some words about what you see or changes in in legal ed and, and where that's at today? Well, you know, to your tech point, John. Just a few minutes earlier here at ABA Midyear, there was an overflowing room for a program called Maybe There's an App for That. <laughs> and it was a terrific program featuring, among others, Rebecca Sandifer, um, who was just this year, this past year, named a MacArthur Genius mm. and has been a member of the ABA Center for Innovation Council. Um, and she's been a real leader in helping us understand how it's not only about having technology, it's about applying it and using it to make the lives of consumers of justice better. As to what's happening in legal ed, there are some extraordinary leaders within the American Bar Association um, who are really moving what's happening in law schools in terms of equipping law students with more competency and understanding, not only about technology, but about innovation of thought and how they can go through the processes necessary for innovation and drive change in order to make access to justice a reality for more people in our country. Well, that's kind of a nice segue into innovation in the practice of law, because I know technology has baffled so many lawyers, especially the <laughs> senior lawyers, that they tell us all the time, if I can just hang on another three to five years, <laughs> and it's basically the technology and the changes that are driving them out. So what would you have to say about the innovation that we're seeing in the practice of law and the impact it's having on lawyers? Some of the brightest spots are happening in our courts across the country where judges are coming to the realization that we have to do more to make courts accessible. We have to make sure that we are addressing the needs of those who need the court system in their everyday lives to solve problems. And we're also seeing within individual lawyers um, the innovation that's just springing from their thoughts and ideas about what if, why can't we do it this way? Why do we do it the way we've always done? Is there a better way to do it? So what I think you see happening and you're actually witnessing a real movement within the law sector and within the legal sector that people are awakening to how technology and innovative thought and just asking about why we do things the way we do and perhaps have done them for many years. Is there a better way to do them and thereby meeting the expectations of consumers in the marketplace? Well, my last question is, when do you become president and do you have any final thoughts? 
I have the privilege of serving uh, as president of the American Bar Association starting in August of 2019 at our annual meeting in San Francisco. Um, it's been such a privilege to serve thus far um, in my capacity as president-elect and supporting Bob Carlson, who's doing a tremendous job as ABA president and speaking out on behalf of our association and our profession on critical issues such as the rule of law and access to justice in the independence of the judiciary. So my final thoughts, John, are that I look forward to continuing that good work and making sure that people in America understand that lawyers care about them, that lawyers want our country to be at its best. And in order to do so, we have to make sure that the rule of law is at its best and its strongest, and that we have systems of government that work for all. Judy, before we close it out for today, if our listeners would like to follow up, how can they reach you? Sharon, I can be reached at ABA President Elect, all one word, all one phrase, ABA President Elect at AmericanBar.org. And I welcome the comments and look forward to hearing from people. Thank you very much. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guest, President Elect Judy Perry Martinez, for joining us today. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.